Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. In each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is Sapphire Sandalo. She's a host, animator, and podcaster who's worked on TV series as an animator and character designer, created Something Scary on the YouTube channel Snarled. She's also a recurring paranormal expert on the travel channels Paranormal Caught on Camera and Paranormal Night Shift, and now has her own YouTube channel and award-winning podcast called Stories with Sapphire. Welcome to the show! Oh my goodness, thanks for having me. You have quite a, a resume, I have to say. Oh, well, thank you. What don't you do? Because you also create your own music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to swim. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't do sports. <laughs> I don't do, either. Do, do, any, do any horror movie podcasters do sports? <laughs> Sorry, <We're> everybody just... <laughs> who's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sorry. before we get into uh, your, your kind of creative endeavors, how did you get introduced to horror? So I was introduced to ghost stories and the paranormal in general from my grandfather, actually. Okay. So mm. when I was younger, he used to share just like these really cool stories from when he lives in the Philippines. Um, and these stories were presented to me as truth. So I grew up thinking... Oh, yeah. All of this is very real. <laughs> um, and then, like, the more I talked to other family members, the more I realized, oh, everyone around me has these cool ghost stories. This stuff is real. So that's sort of that's what sparked my interest in spooky stuff in general. But it wasn't until eighth grade when my mom made me watch The Exorcist <laughs> that oh. I like liked horror as um 
as an art form. I definitely was a super, super scaredy cat as a kid. So ghost stories was like this fun way to be scared, but still feel kind of safe. And then Mm -hmm. like a horror movie still scared me, but it really wasn't until The Exorcist where my mom was like sitting there and she was giving me all these like behind the scenes facts about the movie while we're watching. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is like really cool. (laughs) So did did The Exorcist scare you? It, Yeah, because my mom (laughs) sort of like painted it as... I, like we were watching a documentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, she's super Catholic. And uh, basically uh, she was like, the reason why this movie is considered one of the scariest movies of all time is because it could really happen. And I was like, what? But uh, <laughs> like, obviously not like that's nothing like real exorcisms. But uh, in my eight year old mind, I was like, oh, wow, this this is how it is. Well, and like it's based on a true story and scare quotes, but like the <laughs> right. true story is very different from this story. Right. So it's, I'm always like, ah, take that with a grain of salt. And also, fun fact, I live near Washington, D.C. And so I live near the Exorcist Steps. Oh, and nice. I can visit them. They're That's really sick. people. It's really funny watching people work out on them because people like <laughs> run up and down them. And it's very funny to me. And it's just weird to watch people like do CrossFit and like carry tires up the stairs. Anyway. <laughs> so was The Exorcist your, your the first scary movie that you that you saw? It was not. It was okay. probably the first one that like didn't horrify me, if that makes okay. sense. <laughs> do you remember what your first uh, horror movie was? Yep. <laughs> it was dolls. Okay, so it's a movie oh, we're talking about yes. tonight. Yes. Awesome. Oh, okay. Exciting, exciting. Well, we'll put a little pin in that then. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what were some other movies besides dolls that scared you as a kid? Oh my god. Uh everything. <laughs> so I well here's the thing. So dolls sort of started my well actually, no, I'll talk about that later. But um <laughs> Another movie that really terrified me was Child's Play. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> this really dumb you story. Have a doll, you have a doll thing, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so when I was little, my uncle, he had this Child's Play poster, and it was just black with a head of Chucky on it. And me and my cousins Ooh. were so scared of it. And he was such a jerk. He would chase us around my grandma's house with this poster oh, no. because he knew how much it terrified us. So we were just like screaming scream and cry and like hide behind the couch and then like my oldest cousin Sora she was like I'm gonna fight him so she would like go and start kicking the poster <laughs> like she thought she was so brave and then he would like stop but yeah it, <laughs> it was That's a weird amazing. time <laughs> that is amazing very good so what were some of your favorites horror favorites that didn't necessarily scare you but you loved to, you enjoyed watching Ooh, huh. Um, I mean, I feel like with horror, it's such a like a like the experience of viewing it really affects your enjoyment of the movie. And I just remember like the first time I saw The Ring was in high school. Mm. It was the American remake. But Mm -hmm. I just remember it was my friend's birthday and she was like, all right, at my party, we're going to watch The Ring. It's like so scary. And we were all like just all these girls just like huddled around a TV. <laughs> and she, oh, and I remember feeling so cool because her dad worked for DreamWorks. So he had a copy <gasps> before like anyone else. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> and so like every like 10 minutes, there'd be like a little disclaimer at the bottom that's like property of DreamWorks. <laughs> or, like whatever. Oh, yeah. the um, and it was just so stupid because I remember because she had already seen it. And before something scary 
scary would happen, she'd be like, okay, brace yourself. <laughs> like just prepping us for the scares, which is so stupid. But I just remember how fun it was <laughs> watching that movie with everyone. <laughs> You know, I, I think that's what's so great about horror, um, like horror and, co- and comedies at the same time. Mm-hmm. They they really if you have a good audience, they, that communal experience is just you, you can't pass it up. It's like the best thing about it. Totally. <laughs> so transitioning into being as an adult, what draws you to the, the paranormal and, and, and horror um, as an adult? So I have always been really obsessed with these ghost stories and the, just learning about the paranormal in general. Like I mm-hmm. I was that kid at the library who would stay in the occult section and try to read up on how to astral project. And obviously it never oh. happened, but like that kind of stuff. Like I really loved yeah. learning about it. And I always wondered why. And I sort of got an answer in the last couple of years. I was working on this animated TV pitch for like a horror Filipino horror animated teen show. And part Ooh. of it had to do with Filipino history and stuff. And so I was like, okay, I don't really know like too much about Filipino history, so I should probably read up on it. And it was during this research that I learned about the Babylon, which were essentially these spiritual leaders in the Philippines who were considered just they were like the leaders. They were very powerful. They sort of acted as the priestesses, the teachers, the healers, all these mm-hmm. things. And they played a really huge role in indigenous communities. And then what happened when the Spanish came and colonized the Philippines, they were like, oh, we don't like this witchcraft that you're doing. So we're just going to murder all of you. Um, so mm. they <laughs> threw a lot of the babylon into the rivers and were fed to the crocodiles. And then the Holy ones shit. who... Yeah, it was real brutal but the ones who survived they survived because they fled to the mountains and so that whole aspect of filipino culture was almost wiped out like luckily there were a couple who survived and learning about all of this sort of made me realize oh this is why i love this shit because it's literally in my blood like Mm -hmm. witchcraft like connecting with nature's spirits and sharing stories like that's part of filipino history and culture and i was like oh that makes sense and that was a really cool revelation for me (laughs) wow that is really rad okay so paranormal has been like paranormal interests the supernatural has been part of your life since you were a kid with with your with your uh, grand your grandpa Mm -hmm. um how did you turn your love of paranormal into Uh, your career? So I went to school for animation. So that's like my my biggest passion, animation and ghost stories. So for (laughs) the first um, couple of years, like after I graduated school, I was kind of working on a lot of like adult comedies, um, really just goofy stuff. And the animation industry is so project based. So I was going through Mm -hmm. a very long period of unemployment. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna you know, try some stuff that maybe I wouldn't have tried because I was trying to uh, find work or whatever. So I it was in doing that that I met this girl, Rachel Evans. Um, she is also in Paranormal Con on Camera with me. I met her and she was working for this YouTube channel called Snarled. 
And we met because we were part of this like orientation for like hosts and stuff. And I, qu- I quickly realized it was not for me. It was like people who wanted to be like on Access Hollywood or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah. no. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, not my vibe. So, but we connected uh, and because I had mentioned that I was an animator and she was like, oh, I work for this channel. We're trying to do more animated stuff. Would you like to do a show for us? And I was like, hell yeah. So <laughs> I pitched a show, which was now, which is now something scary, um, where I literally combined my love for animation and ghost stories. And that's sort of the first time that I professionally was doing this like paranormal stuff. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Thank so you. do you have any personal experiences with the paranormal or the supernatural? <laughs> um, I It's so funny. Everyone always asks me that because they're like, oh, <laughs> you must have the wildest stories. And I really don't. <laughs> But something really cool did happen to me uh, that I do like talking about. Um, <laughs> so the grandfather that I mentioned, he passed away last July from COVID. And oh God, I'm so sorry. He, thank you. Um, so in December of last year, I was missing him in like, I don't know, just missing him more than I usually did. And I mm-hmm. have this altar. I put his picture up there and I, I made a habit of trying to talk to him every day, you know, just like, hi, grandpa, whatever. Uh, and <laughs> there was this one day where I was like, I would really like to feel your presence today. So if you could make yourself known somehow, that would be tight something like that. Um, So I went to my desk and I started working and like maybe half an hour later, this moth flies over to my desk and it lands a couple inches away from my left hand. And in Filipino folklore, moths represent the spirits of our ancestors. So I saw this moth and I froze and out loud I said, Grandpa? And then it flew onto my finger and it just like stayed there and I looked at it and I was like I just nodded to myself and I was like thank you grandpa and then it flew away and it landed on the wall in front of my desk and it just stayed there for a couple of hours holy (gasps) shit what (laughs) grandpa (laughs) that's amazing oh that's so that's so beautiful that's a sweet story I mean that's that's a sweet experience yeah. And, it, you know, it's one of those things where it could have just been a fucking moth. But, like, I like <laughs> to look at it as I think that was maybe it was my grandpa. That was his way of showing himself that day. Wow. And, like, you know what? Sometimes it's like, oh, it was a coincidence. And you're like, nope, I choose to believe that it was actually this. And you can't change my mind. Like, if it, <laughs> I don't know. That's what a lot of people are like. It always want to explain away because I very, I don't really. I have had a few like paranormal experiences, but people are like, "You're just being paranoid." I'm like, "Leave me alone. It's not hurting anybody." <laughs> right. I used to, be, like God. Anyway, yeah. that's a very good story. <laughs> Thank you. That's a very good story. So, can you tell our listeners about your podcast? Sure. Stories with Sapphire is a podcast where I tell stories. Um, (laughs) All right, there we go. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Um, uh, Sometimes I narrate them. Sometimes I interview people and then I sort of interject with my own thoughts and my conclusions about what their story could be. I'm more concerned with learning about how these experiences
experiences changed these people? Like, I'm not really trying to debunk anything, not really trying to like prove anything, but more just like, what can, like, how did this affect this person? And what can we learn from these lessons? Because that's really what the biggest thing I've learned of like listening to all these people's stories is that like, let's say none of it is actually paranormal at all what if there is a logical explanation for everything like there is still something magical about them like for example i think that skeptics like to say you know when you're grieving you are more likely to feel like you are or you are more likely to feel like your loved one is making themselves known for example you know people if they see them in their dreams or they actually like physically see them. Some people go, oh, well, that was just your mind tricking you into thinking you were seeing them. But if you think about that, it's like, you mean my body is built in such a way to provide me that kind of comfort in that moment? Like, that's amazing to me. You know, like, I feel yeah. like everything is magical if you look at it in a, in a certain way. <laughs> And that's what my podcast is about, just me talking about that kind of shit. <laughs> I love that perspective on it, though, because I've never thought about, like, how magical that can be, that you're, like, it's almost like, you know, a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. If it's a lo- especially if it's a loved one. It's like, your body knows what you want, and so something happens, and that's really, wow, that is yeah. really cool. Like, I think that's cool. So I, I'm I'm a skeptic, mm-hmm. but I, I've really fallen down a rabbit hole of listening to your podcast, and the one episode that really kind of freaked me out really was the strangers in my in my home mm-hmm. where it's about you you spoke to this woman who keeps finding things in her apartment rearranged uh, and yeah. there's like that story of is there there might have been like a, a panty thief that was breaking into women's homes <laughs> and like re- regardless of how you look at the story either it's supernatural or it's natural it's still a fucked up story yeah <laughs> Yep, it's still creepy. Like something, (laughs) whether it was a person or some type of spirit, was in her home when she wasn't there. (laughs) Okay, but also it's creepier if there's a dude actually in your house. Like multiple. Like, have you ever seen those videos of like the people living in cabinets, like in crawl spaces in houses? Like that is worse than a ghost. That is fucking awful. So anyway, I can't. Did you see that recent (laughs) one? There was like a TikTok. Yes, yes, where it was basically Candyman. the window off of like the mirror off her wall yes. there's like a whole yes. other room yeah. like, oh, apart- it was yeah. like a whole other apartment yeah. it was like a trashed apartment <laughs> i never saw how that ended like i i was in on that like when she was when she was like sticking her phone through and like looking at it but i never saw like the follow-up video if there was one so i'm like yeah now thinking, she went was she in. okay <laughs> she went in she was fine it was creepy as shit but like no one was there it was a lot of trash and like it was just like a, it, it was like candy man like she went in there and then she came back out and i think she had to like call her landlord and was like hey um what's what up with the this fuck? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think they were like oh yeah she's like you didn't think to tell me about that so you Ugh. know typical new york apartment things Ugh. anyway <laughs> wow so but what i was thinking about while I was while i was listening to that episode in particular was is there has there been a story that someone's told you that like gave you goosebumps or really freaked you out yes what is it? What is it? Okay. What is so, it? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of which one to say because a lot of them have. I'm trying to think which one is like. There's one that's like long and then there's one that's really short. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> Let's do the short one. Yeah. And then if yeah. the long one, we can plug the episode. Yes. Yeah, so the long one is in the podcast. So I could just okay. like 
plug that episode. Okay, cool. So um, the fifth episode of season one of Stories of Sapphire, it's called Not of This World. The third chapter of that is the story of um, a friend of mine who used to work for Clive Barker in his mansion. Oh, wow. Uh, It is, dude, like, I screamed when he told me this story (laughs) (laughs) because like it was so unbelievably wild and that's my little teaser for you but basically like clive barker's mansion in beverly hills is super haunted and that's of course it fucking is that's where he gets (laughs) i know right that's where he gets the inspiration for his paintings and his um movies so yeah but basically this i won't say all of it but the story is about how somebody saw something in the house and then it was like confirmed by like other people that like oh. that is a thing anyways it's real fucking creepy oh my god i need to and then i just looked at clive barker's paintings and i'm like oh no i cannot yeah. wait to yeah. listen to this yeah. episode yeah it's real real spooky and so let's see so i'll, I'll tell a short one um just so you're not like hanging on the edge here um so (laughs) there was a period of time where wherever i went uh whether it was in an uber ride or at a restaurant i would ask people like bartenders waitresses i still do this um but obviously not right now because of the pandemic but there was this one time in 2016 um i was at uh some restaurant and i was getting lunch with a friend and our waitress was really nice so we were like hey do you have any paranormal experiences that you could share with us? And she was like, yes, I do. Um, So (laughs) she said that her, I think it was like her grandma or something, lived in New England or somewhere on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it was Martha's Vineyard. I'm not familiar with the East Coast, sorry. (laughs) Um, So just somewhere there, uh, had a really big mansion and she was moving out. Or was she moving in? She might have been moving in or out. I can't remember, but they, I think they might have been moving into this place. And when they went inside, it was all empty except for this desk. And it was in the attic. It was the only piece of furniture in the house. And they were like, that's weird. And they looked at this little desk and there was like a, like a small hand-shaped indentation in it. Like it was like, it wasn't a handprint. It was like. As if a hand, I don't even know how to describe it, but so it was it's, it's like when you put your hand in, like when you put your hand in cement and you press yes. down and leave yeah. a print. It's yeah, like that. exactly like that, but okay. it was like a wooden okay. desk. So I don't know how you would do that, but it was like that. Uh. Um, so they were like, "Oh, that's weird," but they were like, "Oh, well, you know, we could use this desk maybe." So they sanded it down so that the handprint was gone. <sighs> Did then, that fucker come back? <laughs> they. When they when they went to look at the desk again, like the next day, that handprint was somehow back. Mm. And they were like, that's weird. We're pretty sure we flattened it. So they sanded it again. And what do you know? That handprint came back. So this happened enough times that they were like, okay, there's something up with this desk. Uh, and so they they burned it. <laughs> and then they like didn't deal with it. But like... It's so it's such a short and simple story. Like and also to me, the reason why I love asking waiters and bartenders or just people that, you know, it's just like a 
there's no re in my opinion, there's no reason for her to make something up. Like it's, you know, the first thing that came to her head was this story because it stuck with her because it was so weird. And I think about that a lot. (laughs) I'm just like, what was up with that handprint? But I also love that they just burned it. I love that. They were like, no, we're not fucking with this. We're going to lay this on fire and just like not deal with it. I I respect that because they're like, no, no, we don't need to know. Like, we've seen enough. It's just weird. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Wow. wow. I got goosebumps. But also, again, like, I believe this shit, like, I hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, it's real. It's a ghost. So, like, but that's, that's why but, I like, love it. Right? And I just feel like for for things like that. So, so I think when people have a story where they see something, I feel like it's easy to... For people to debunk where they go, OK, maybe it was just your imagination or maybe you thought you saw something. But but a story like this where there's something physical, like mm. that's yeah. where I go. I don't I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> a spooky. I mean, and, and that's the thing, like for me, like I said, I, I'm a skeptic, but I love mm-hmm. hearing I love hearing people's uh, spooky stories. Like it's just I love hearing them, even if I don't maybe 100 percent believe them sometimes. I love right. I love that art of, of the kind of cultural stories or like the urban legends or the folklore, or the 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 stories that have percolated over time. I just I love that kind of communal storytelling. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's There's fun. nothing better than horror stories. <laughs> right? oh, I'm obsessed. So I'm going to listen to that. And I think I know the person. Mark, he's from <gasps> Encyclopocalypse. Yes. Oh my I'm God. like <laughs> very brief. Like I've met him once or twice, but like we're talking about and talk, a project that one of the sites I'm working for is talking with him. And now I'm going to email him and be like, hey, we've talked like one time, but I heard from <laughs> Sapphire about your creepy ass story. But okay. Oh my Sorry, God. I, I love it. it. Yeah. Mark Ellen anyway. Miller. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Cool. That's and also creepy. Small world. <laughs> Yeah, the horror genre, horror community is mm-hmm. so small. Bringing this back to to horror movies, though, so I, I know you 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 hear a lot of scary stories. You 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 have channels about it. You talk about it. You've spent a lot of your adult life working through it. Do horror movies still scare you? No, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. same. I I know, and it makes me sad. There was I don't know a couple months ago. I think I like tweeted something like, uh, "Can someone? Can people send their?" like scariest horror recommendations because I truly think I'm broken. I'm like, I <laughs> want to feel scared again. And I, I can't remember the last time that I was truly scared by a movie. Huh? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, we're I the know. same way, you know, when, when we, I mean, we watch horror movies all the time that it takes a whole lot to, to jade us anymore. Or yeah. We are jaded. So it takes a whole lot to, <laughs> to really truly scare us. But I just, I was kind of curious because you had mentioned that you were kind of like scared as a kid. So, yeah, but it's, I, I rewatch a lot of the stuff that scared me as a kid now. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. It's not scary at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. So with that in mind. Sapphire, what movie are we talking about today? We're talking about Dolls. Oh my god, Dolls. Directed by Stuart Gordon, which I did not Mm -hmm. know until after I watched it. So Dolls is about a group of people who stop by a mansion during a really bad thunderstorm and they discover two magical toy makers and their haunted collection of dolls. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm really curious to hear your story about this, Sapphire, because this was a movie that I... 
I never saw as a kid, but I remember walking by the poster and the uh, <laughs> the VHS tape in the video stores because it was positioned right next to Child's Play. And it always mm-hmm. terrified me so much more than the Child's Play poster because it's this little doll and she's holding out her two eyes where they're yeah. not supposed to be off to the side of her. So I'm curious, since you were a kid that saw it, what was your reaction to this film? <sighs> okay, so... Give us your horror story. Let me... <laughs> it's so bad so i was i think four or five. Oh wow oh uh, no but yeah so uh it was me and my sister my sister's like a year older than me we were we had a babysitter named melody melody if you're still out there fuck you <laughs> <laughs> fucking melody fuck melody so she was the fucking <laughs> worst okay she <laughs> she was the fucking worst. So me and my sister are so small. We are so little. And yeah. she thought it would be hilarious to put on the movie dolls and <gasps> lock us in the room. So no. we were forced to watch it. And I can't remember if she like brought the VHS to our house and played it. I'm like, wait, how did how are we watching dolls? Like I don't remember like how that happened, but I remember so vividly she put it on and then she ran out of the door and locked it. And me and my sister were like, ah! we started screaming and we were like banging on the door to let us out and she wouldn't let us out. Oh so, my God. here's the thing. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember at what point she did eventually let us out. And I don't know if I just blocked out everything <laughs> from this movie. So like rewatching it, there were certain things I like vaguely remember and I'm like, oh, wow, did she really lock us in there the whole time? But uh, yeah, so that was uh, my experience with dolls. And after she let us out, I called my mom and I was like, I told her what happened and my mom immediately came home and fired her. Oh, okay. I was like, please tell me that she never babysat you ever again. Was that the first time she had babysat you? Um, it might have been, I, here's the thing. There were, I know that there were multiple days because there was another, again, she's the worst. There there was another day (laughs) where she locked me outside in the backyard because she thought it was funny. (laughs) And then like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Yeah. She's, she's psychotic. So, and like (laughs) our sliding door to the backyard is clear. So I'm like looking through my sister's right there and like, she's, she's too weak to like open the door. And then Melody's like, no, 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 no. Back away from the door. Like she thought it was so funny. And I was just like, let me in. What the fuck is happening? Wow. (laughs) Oh my God. Melody. Melody. If you're listening to fuck you. Yeah. What is it about babysitters? Like you, you know, I, we were talking with a director recently and he was telling a story about uh, his, his babysitter taking him over to her boyfriend's house and dropping him in front of the television to go upstairs and probably fool around. And mm-hmm. he watched a scary movie that way. Like the first opening minutes of, Oh, it wasn't a filmmaker. It was uh, Adrian. We had talked to Adrian, um, who's a podcaster and he saw the opening minutes of like my bloody Valentine and mm. like was absolutely terrified because his his babysitter just like dropped him off what the it's fuck? so and it's when so i was up. a babysitter i had watched too many scary movies so i was careful to do all the opposite stuff like i would right. never like i was so i'm a very anxious person and i was even more anxious as a kid so i was always like 
aggressively careful like to a point where i was probably a bad babysitter because i was so anal about it but i was like we will be locking all the doors we will be making sure everything is right there will be no boys coming over no alcohol i will sit very nicely on the couch and watch a movie it was the call so dumb, will not be I- coming from inside the house <laughs> <laughs> yeah so babies, it's like really wild that parents will just be like hey okay watch my kids and they leave like it's not wild it's like very i was wild. that kid i was the kid that people like parents left their kids with like me too what the fuck <laughs> i was i was a babysitter too and oh wow I, yeah i was like i was maybe like four or five years older than the kids i was watching yeah and you're like I, sup you want to eat pizza and watch tv like what do you <laughs> just make sure you don't light yourself on fire or leave the fridge open yeah that was that's basically it wow i've never wow. babysat in my life i don't think anyone trusted me wow. or i don't even trust me <laughs> I don't I know why people being, trusted me, but <laughs> I think being the older, the oldest sister of two brothers, I had that like I had, I was basically assumed that I was going to babysit uh, my brothers. My it, mom was it. like, not it was like I'm a built-in babysitter, but not actually treated that way. But it was like, well, you know, we have the older sister, so might as well put yeah. her to use. <laughs> <laughs> mom, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this movie was. I, I would easily say traumatizing for that regard, but you don't remember it. You kind of got, got like bits and pieces rewatching it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I very vividly remember the credit scene or the opening credits because um, I was already terrified then. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just like rewatching it, there were moments where I was like, oh, I think I remember this. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think I think I blocked out a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you were screaming for a lot of it too and like trying to hide from it like yeah. i feel like it was in the background you're like i have to escape this what the fuck is this it just makes me so sad poor four-year-old sapphire just I like know. locked in this room with this horrible movie about a kid being traumatized by terrible people like hello her parents are not well her her father and stepmother are not exactly the nicest people oh my god everyone okay. is so bad everyone's <laughs> everyone so mean is- terrible okay so let's talk about these parents because i was so mad like they really did a good job of making them complete and utter pieces of shit from the very beginning of the movie like the stepmom with like her like yellow teeth and like weird hair wrap and just being very (laughs) much like i don't want you either like very disdainful to this poor child and then i love it when I don't love it when they throw the teddy bear in the mud, but when the teddy bear comes to life, I was like, oh my God, is this actually happening? It's just that I was so excited for that to be the tone of the right. movie of like just an actual teddy bear ravaging her, her family. But what I loved still. about that though, too, is the teddy, you know, kills them. And then just does this like shrug, like who me? What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and then like, it's like, oh, you know, teddy. revealed that, that she was daydreaming. But yeah, I mean, we're introduced to, to this, this family unit and they have, driven by hitchhikers and covered them with like mud mm-hmm. and then the mother is like being incredibly well stepmother's being incredibly bratty to judy and judy finally is like you're not my mother and her response is thank god and then the <laughs> yeah. husband's like i'm gonna kill that kid and she's like stand in line i'm just like man these people are like, horrible <laughs> the kid is right there she's obviously very young she's like the pigtails and the ribbons and she still loves her teddy bear like she is not she said she's seven right like she is mm-hmm. a seven-year-old child being bullied by her mm-hmm. it just makes me I so sad the thing and uh, maybe this i don't know if you all feel the same way but this is actually my my issue with a lot of horror is that like i i think that the characters 
need to be likable at least a little bit. Like, I know it's fun to mm-hmm. watch, like, terrible people get their comeuppance. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't feel fear for them if I hate them so much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I agree, though, because then I'm, like, cheering for their death. And I'm like, right. maybe Which that's I guess the point. Is, yeah. The- I'm, yeah. But then it's like, but it's also grating because you're just like, these people are so awful. Like, I almost don't want to watch it because like they're so mean to the kid. But then you're like, well, at least they're going to get killed by the dolls. Like, you know, from the very first time they start talking, (laughs) you're like, they are absolutely toast. Right. Yeah. You know, their their evilness just keeps growing throughout the film. Like Mm -hmm. there's the the point that actually made me gasp. Like I literally gasped (laughs) while I was watching it was when she goes to them and she's like, this woman was just dragged down the hall by the little people. (gasps) And he like makes to strike her like he is ready to strike her. And she and they give her a reaction of her flinching in like terror. And I'm like, oh, I cannot wait for you two to get fucking killed because this is. And the only reason that he stops is because Rosemary's like, think of the child support, my money. <laughs> That's so the mad. reason. My money. My money. I was so like, this bad. is the most insufferable bitch I've ever seen. I know. Ugh. Well, she's dressed like she is a, a reject from a, a Tim Burton movie. Like she, she was kind of giving me like, like dollar store bin. Um, what was the mother in uh in um. Uh, Beetlejuice, like giving me dollar store bin, that kind of like the very artsy fartsy, you know, just sort of like she has her hair in like a really weird, very long uh, bandana and she's wearing fur and everything like she's giving me that kind of but like the cheap and mean version. (laughs) Well, and then there's the the contrast with the nasty hitchhikers, like the Mm -hmm. British punks. I did love their outfits, though. I will say (laughs) they're fun. But like what what I don't know. I had a hard time trying to figure out if they were actually English or like I was like, what are these they accents? Were. They were. <laughs> they were. Well yeah. at least at least one of them is. One of them no, they both are because I I actually went to go look at their, their careers because I wanted the same thing myself because <laughs> I, well, I was surprised that when this started because this is an American movie and I was surprised to see that, you know, they're, they um, are driving opposite side of the road, that steering was on the other side. I was like, oh, they must yeah. be over in the UK. And then you see these British punks who you don't see a lot in horror movies. So I was like, yay with that. And I was like, but are they, are they really British? But they have been in BBC productions and the one, the, the woman that played Isabel teaches dance in England. Like oh, so interesting. Oh. They are English, but yeah, that their accents a little circumspect in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and like, so Terry, you brought this up earlier to me about the fairy tale structure of this film, yeah. and like, what I think about with these caricatures of people, like you know, they're like very much not they're characters, but they're also very much like caricatures of those characters. Mm-hmm. You've got obviously the evil stepmom, the kind of like asshole dad the like little girl the kind of scary yet well-meaning old people and Mm -hmm. then like the sweet well-meaning dude who is like very innocent and a child at heart that they love to keep saying and then the punks (laughs) who have like no regard for tradition or like being polite so it is i like how you brought that up terry about it being like a fairy tale like a very much like an, an og 
Grimm Brothers fairy tale. Well, and it started to like it, it really hit me when I I guess when I first started watching the movie because we're introduced to Judy and she's in the backseat of her car and she's reading Hansel and Gretel, and mm-hmm. so she has the terrible parents like like you mentioned Mary Beth, and then at the at the dinner table when the kindly old. Uh, woman and and man are like giving them porridge and food hillary the old woman mentions that you know you need to fatten up and she grabs yeah. her, her finger to be in it, it it felt like that little old witch shit that's like feeling the bones and in, in the kids you know hands in the Hansel and gretel story and then in the ending it is revealed that hillary is a witch but instead of being kind of like that story about kids need to be better or else you know this is what's going to happen it's about the parents and it's about mm-hmm. like the privilege of being parents so it's actually kind of a reverse like Grimm's fairy tale in a way because it's the horrible father and mother that get their comeuppance and not the kids yeah and then it has hmm. a happy ending with Ralph <laughs> potentially becoming her father <laughs> Ralph cracked me up like there were I some choices Ralph. that I was like this is the funniest thing like when he grabs her arm and it's like let's go I was like do you remember that <laughs> yes. yes I was laughing he so was like hard. fuck this <laughs> he had some but, of the best oh, lines he really did <laughs> but okay because so before we get into this, some of those lines some of my favorite things about the old people there are some gnarly kills and set pieces mm-hmm. in this movie like I don't know what I was expecting with this, but it was not these kind of really intense kills and these really good effects with the dolls. Yeah, they were the stop motion moments were like they hold up. I that's the shit that really creeps me out. Like stop Mm -hmm. motion is just like naturally creepy just because it's just it looks all like janky and ah i don't know just seeing those that dolls like a natural come valley you. or uncanny valley uncanny, type thing. uncanny yeah. Valley, yeah 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 i you know i the the death scenes really i i, I really loved them i particularly loved how vicious um uh, the mother Rosemary was yeah. where she's like in bed and they're crawling under the the covers with her and it got me thinking because we've covered a number of movies on this podcast where there is something creepy in the bed with them like uh there was the spiders and something wicked this way comes that we and the grudge like the ghost mm-hmm. under it and i'm like that is like a carnal fear i think that is like ingrained in us about the bed is supposed to be the safe point and then they're crawling underneath her and then they're sawing at her leg biting chunks of flesh <laughs> out of her that the was sawing so of her wild foot. I was like, are they sawing her foot off? A tiny little saw. I was was like, what is happening? (laughs) Well, and like, I don't know what I thought the dolls were going to do, but I didn't think they were going to have tiny little weapons. Like little (laughs) screwdrivers and knives that were just like, and like the the soldiers who have the guns. Right, yeah. the, The other punk girl, Enid, and they're just like the very like... They play that music and then they shoot her and then they play it again. I'm like, oh, my God, they have real guns. They have real (laughs) weapons. I'm so used to creepy dolls just like appearing places and looking scary, but not actually being armed and dangerous. Well, I guess like that was one. I'm curious to know what both of you thought of this uh, or if this like bothered you at all. But I by the end. So if if the punishment for the people was to be turned into dolls, does that mean that all the dolls in the house were people that have stopped by the house? And if that's the case, then why are all the dolls so murderous to people? And then also my other question was when they had that little committee to decide if (laughs) Ralph was going to be killed or not, I was like, wait, like, I don't know. I got a little bit confused on like the backstory of the dolls themselves. Like, did I miss something? (laughs) 
No, I had the same exact question. I was okay. trying to piece that together. But because like at one point they hit like when they hit off the faces of the dolls, there's blood. Yeah. So and it's there's like, like an real... actual flesh. Uh-huh. So I was under the impression, but I didn't I it was under a certain impression that they were used to be human, but I didn't get past like how, why, what, and like how they're almost they're not killing the toy maker but they're killing the people that come in so it's like why are they compliant is there is it the part mm. of a spell yeah oh, I, I think it's part spell, of the spell maybe. because at the very end it's okay. you know it's revealed that hillary is a is a witch and she does shrink the father down to you know mr punch and which uh, uh, judy and mr punch i think is hilarious because that's like a that was a real puppet show in in <laughs> yeah. britain like way back in the day but um so i i do i it, okay, the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Let's just be honest <laughs> with it. But no, I think I it think doesn't. in in this story, I do think that that <laughs> she has spelled them to be the kind of defender of childhoodism. Mm-hmm. I think, and okay. so I, can buy I that. think that's okay. kind of. But yeah, it 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 doesn't. It's never explained. Um, the only explanation we get I, from from what I remember is when David gets turned into Mr. Punch. Yeah, I, I don't know. But that was a really, a really um, painful sequence watching Enid because, uh, you know, OK, you mentioned earlier about uh, the, the punks. And I agree. I think Isabel was a, was a terrible punk, but I love Enid. She Enid I, yeah. was my favorite. <laughs> she actually had a conscience. Yeah. And like, she's, you know, she, she's like, was kind of, it seemed like she might be a little sweet on Ralph. And she's like, oh, do we really have to steal from him? And Isabel's like, no, we're going to, we're going to steal his car and steal his money and all this kind of stuff. But Enid was a little bit off on that. But she turns into a badass when she is wielding her fucking belt with boy toy (laughs) on it like the the like belt buckle is boy toy and she is swinging around saying okay soldier boys come and get it i'll give you a hot foot all the way up to your pointy little heads and i'm like yes yes queen go you you murder those little dolls (laughs) like i love it like this all-out war on dolls is just it was just a joy sounds terrible but like it was so entertaining like i feel like it could be so cheesy but like Mm -hmm. like Stuart gordon did such a good job with constructing it being kind of funny but really dark and creepy at the same time are either of you scared of dolls in any way or were when you were little i was gonna ask that same question (gasps) oh my god that's awesome (laughs) um i wasn't no no okay. okay So, okay, there's two two answers for me here. <laughs> so, yes, but there's one exception. Okay. There's one exception who scares everybody. Um, I Actually, I'll take a picture of her to post on Twitter and everyone will tell me that she's haunted. So when I was my first Christmas, my grandma on my dad's side gave me this little baby doll and she was really cute. Like she didn't look creepy. She had like the plastic head and the soft body and she was to dress her up. I've had her for now, like 27 years of life, and she looks like shit. Um, I don't have clothes for her. I don't, I, she want, I needed her to be naked. She's covered in stains. Um, her eyes don't stay open. It's just like she's creepy looking. And so I would bring her <laughs> with me everywhere. And like my, my partner now is like, I'm so sorry, but can we not have her like, <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And so, <laughs> 
I'll find a picture of her. I'll take a picture of her for this pod this podcast. I can't remember where she is actually. Um but her name was Baby because that was my creative name for her. Yeah. So and I had to bring her everywhere. Like it was a thing. But and so that story but then dolls freaked me out because my grandparents had a glass case of these like Madame Alexander dolls who like mm. had the creepiest eyes. And then my stepmom, eh, stepmom-ish, dad's third wife, her her mom is obsessed with dolls and her entire house looks like the Conjuring house with all the animals. Like, it's oh literally God. glass cases in every room of dolls. I would know I don't get that. that. And it just feels like eyes are on me and watching me and it's just like so gross and creepy and it just oh it makes my like skin crawl just thinking about it. Like no thank you. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. And, and see, nope, I was nope. never really around dolls too much. I had a lot of like, mm. you know, He-Man figures and stuff, but like I no, they they never really bothered me. I used to watch Chucky as a kid and it never it never scared me. Um wow. so I've never had it, but I will say that I have walked through like an antique store where there is like a row of dolls and it kind of gives me the willies because the eyes, if they're done right, the way the eyes look, it's that kind of uncanny valley look where the eyes look human and they're in this like molded piece of plastic and so mm-hmm. i'm i there is a moment sometimes as an adult where if i'm walking through there i'm waiting for the eyes to like you know shift or something i will i will be honest with that but as a kid it never really bothered me i never really thought twice about it what about you sapphire oh uh obviously terrified um so <laughs> here's the thing though i don't know if it started because of my moment with melody or it was like before, like it was like a chicken or the egg thing. I'm like, was I already afraid of them or was it the movie that made me afraid of them? But I, for the longest time, was so scared of dolls. I was I'm even honestly kind of to this day, I'm uncomfortable around anything that looks like it could come to life. So like statues, animatronics, they just make mm-hmm. me uncomfortable. Um, and my mom, when I was little, she had this like... E.T. I don't even it's not really a doll. It was like an E.T. statue that was carved out of a coconut uh, like E.T. The, <laughs> from the movie. Yeah. yeah. And she had that in one of the rooms. And I I was convinced that that thing was haunted. Like every time I had to go in that room to like get scissors or something, I like avoided eye contact with it. It was seriously the creepiest thing. So I don't know. <laughs> like, why does she have that? I don't know. I There's don't... always like that one thing in people's houses that you're like, why the fuck is that there? And right? it just stares at me all the time. <laughs> the worst thing was the Tickle Me Elmo doll in my basement uh... that would go off in the middle of the goddamn no. night because batteries were low and it would be like, <laughs> Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrifying. That was awful. So I have like a demonic do- furby. I have a lot of weird doll oh my stories. God. I hate well, them so much. Here's here's something that my friend told me that I will never forget. Um, so I, obviously, I had I guess I asked him about paranormal stuff. This is years ago, and he was like, you know, I don't believe in this stuff. But there was this one really weird thing that happened to me when I was a kid. I still don't know what it was, but I know that it happened. And so like he had this little action figure on his desk, and you know, it was the kind that could move its arms up and down. And he said that. He he was laying in bed and just staring at his action figure and it was illuminated by the moonlight. And then all of a sudden the arm starts moving upward. And then like over the course of the next 10 minutes, it moves all the way up and then it moves all the way back down. And he's like, I still don't know how, how it did that, but he knows that that happened. Isn't that weird? 
Okay, that that's that's creepy. Like, what is that? Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> this is why. This is fucking why I was convinced. All okay. This is also me being neurotic and having obsessive compulsive disorder my entire life. I thought all of my animals were alive. Like all of my stuffed animals were alive. <gasps> and I had too. to give them the same amount of attention or they would <gasps> kill me, me in my sleep. What? Oh my God. Wait, wait. Oh my what? God. Oh my God. Are you Dude. serious? Oh my God. Okay. So like I, do you remember Pachaco? <laughs> what? This sounds so insane. Okay. Do you remember Pachaco? Does that ring a bell for interview? Like Pachaco from Sanrio, that little like black and white doll, a black yes. and white dog. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I was okay. obsessed with Pachaco, so I had this big Pachaco, and then I had a bunch of tiny Pachacos, and I was convinced that if I didn't rotate, like taking turns sleeping with them in the bed, that they were going to get really mad. So I made a little schedule. I was like, okay, on Monday it's big Pachaco, Tuesday it's tiny Pachaco number one. And uh, yeah, nothing ever happened to me. So I think I kept them happy. <laughs> Same. I had a Beanie Babies that lined like my bed was against the wall. And so I lined them up and they would go in a line because one would get to sleep next to me and they I would like be it. a little line. Yeah. Oh, that makes that me feel so much when... better. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I had the same thing where I was like, everyone must get the night right amount of attention so they will not be upset with me and like somehow come alive in the night and like right? get at me for not loving them. And sometimes it still like creeps in the back of my head. I, not the same way, obviously, but I'm always like, what are you thinking, buddy? <laughs> like, I'm sorry I left you in this bin. Wow. So what I'm hearing, though, is, is that if you were in this house with the toy makers, you guys would be OK because you have that childhood like <laughs> ideology still with you. So like, that's true. You'd be, safe. be safe. Yeah, yeah that's I, true. I would be like, I have mad respect for you guys. Like, I, you know what? I've always <laughs> thought this was real. You're just confirming my entire life, like thinking about dolls. So like, please leave me alone. Like, I get it. <laughs> Because I mean, and this ties into the film though. Because Gabriel, the the old man that's creating the dolls, says that toys are loyal, and that's a fact. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, see? when he said that's a fact, I was like, oh my god, that's so <laughs> so confident <laughs> about that. <laughs> so see, this is this is a good thing that you you were both so loyal to all of your toys, and they, that's probably why they didn't murder you in your sleep. Let's be honest, because they're loyal. That's true. I stay you know? loyal to my stuffed animals. <laughs> It's important. <laughs> it saved my life. Everybody, this is a PSA. Having neurotic tendencies as a six-year-old saved my life. Every night. Every night. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so glad that we share that, Sapphire, because I thought I was crazy. And like, yeah, it's probably still a little crazy, but like, we're well, not alone. Yeah, in our no, weird I'm pretty crazy. sure a lot of people also did this that are too embarrassed to admit it. Right? Like, it's okay, guys. We all never shit as kids. Like, it's fine. We've listeners, heard the Toy Story. Reach like, out to we us if you share. If you <laughs> yes, share it, please. listeners, I reach out know. to us. We want to we wanna know. <laughs> but, you know, I think you just mentioned this, Mary Beth. I, this movie sort of feels like a, a prequel of sorts to Toy Story. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. You're right. Yes, it does. This feels like the dark prequel to Toy Story. <laughs> I love it. Like, this is how it starts. I wonder if, like, that... I would be like, this toy maker made all the dolls, but he, like reined in his murderous tendencies because <laughs> I mean, because even ralph you know talks about when he was when he was a kid you know thinking that the dolls came alive at night and all that kind of stuff and then you know he grew up over it and the toy baker's like yeah i mean that that's that's kind of what happened <laughs> sort of what he says yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and they oh anyway i love ralph though 
I want to I want to talk briefly about Ralph because he is he reminds me of like he reminded me of a dog, and I mean this like in a really nice way. Too. Like the kind of like he's yeah, a good boy. That. He's a good he's boy. He's a good boy. He is a good boy, and like and, he is so sweet to Judy when she mm. comes in, and he's like something happened, and he's like, oh, it's yours, okay, sweetie. Like you're probably just dreaming, and then he's like, wait, what the hell's on your slippers? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that moment though it was hilarious because first of all, you know, he's like, wait, there's there's blood on on that that's blood, and she's like, well. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty, it was pretty bloody when they, when they dragged her away. <laughs> like the deadpan way she says that line to him just like killed me. And then his, his response of like, when she's asking, well, can I, can I go show you? And he, or he's like, can, will you go show me? She's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, like whimpers. He whimpers with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, I loved him so much. He was great. They also, there was another moment that made me giggle was when she was trying to lead him to where uh, the woman was dragged. He was like, do, are you sure this is the way? And she's like, what do you want from me? I'm seven years I'm old. Seven years old. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, I love this child so much. I love sassy little horror kids that are like kind of scared, but also just like little badasses that are like, I'm telling you the truth. Like, I don't know what you want from me. Like, I'm not lying. Or like but also, later, I'm seven. Like I am a child. Right. Like yeah, I am child. a child. Like let's remember that. <laughs> and well, and then the you guys mentioned that the kind of court scene where the dolls are just deciding what to do with them. Oh my and, god! Yeah, the little huddle like, sesh. And she, like, tells him, like, you know, well, you're offending the dolls. He's like, oh, I'm offending the toys? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> or when the, when she mentions that they're trying to decide if you're an adult or a kid in disguise, and he's like, I've been trying to figure that out for years. Like, I, he, I don't know how much of his lines he ad-libbed, but he was my favorite part of this movie. Oh, he's, I, yeah, me too. I want a like a sequel where it's just him and her and all of a sudden they become like a ragtag team of like haunted like running into haunted objects like the warrens but not evil and also by accident so it's like scooby-doo meets the warrens and it's just the two Whoa. of them like that would be so cute well it's kind of funny you say that because there was oh. <laughs> Stuart gordon was i mean it might not it probably wasn't the same story but Stuart gordon was at one point very interested in doing a sequel and the initial story would have been um it would have been judy and ralph back in boston and ralph would have married oh. judy's mother they would have all become <gasps> a family and then one day judy would receive a box from england which would contain gabriel and hillary as dolls wow that was like <gasps> that would have been tight and then it never happened oh was there a sequel at all so no they never did a sequel hmm. okay and unfortunately not to to bring it down but unfortunately the man that did play uh ralph did pass away in 2014 <gasps> But was he was he in anything else? Oh, okay. Yeah, he was in um, he was in War Games in the eighties. He was in the Negotiator. He was in Burlesque. Um, Whoa, what? That Cher and Christina Aguilera movie. He's he did a lot of a lot of um, single episodes. It seemed like in television, but he was he was working all the way up till till he passed away. Yeah, it's what a treat though. He was he was a treat. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Okay, so I, also Stuart, Stuart Gordon. I did not realize until I watched this movie that this was one of his films because I don't think people really talk about this film a whole lot in his in his no. filmography. You know, it's always a lot of focus on like the Reanimator and and those mm-hmm. and those movies. And Honey, I Shrunk I the Kids. I had never heard of this. I had never. He did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He wrote it at least. I, I know. Oh, did he, did I he, didn't know that. Oh, um, did he direct? Wow. I don't know if he directed or not. I don't think he directed it because it wasn't on his. Letter, no. It wasn't on Letterboxd. <laughs> 
which is the only way I but know he anything. Came up, he came up with the story of it, at least. Um, oh, okay. Him and Brian Usna. Weird. Oh, that is an interesting combination. Huh. Yeah, because I, I had never heard of dolls until Sapphire, you wanted to talk about it. Oh, wow. I, I had never heard of it. And I'd never seen the poster because I would I think I would remember if I had seen this mm-hmm. fucking poster. That poster. <laughs> it's a creepy, creepy poster. poster. <laughs> it's also the creepiest moment in the movie. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. She's holding her when eyes Enid out. Enid stumbles upon the doll-sized body of Isabel and her eyes pop out of her head. Yeah, the effects in this movie are so good. Like they for are the 80s. Amazing. <laughs> well, seriously, like she picks up the eyeballs and holds them up, and I'm like, holy shit, this is way grosser than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, I don't, exactly, again, I don't know what I expected, but it was not like this crazy body horror of people like mm-hmm. t- slowly turning into dolls. Mm. Whew. That's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the the way he sh- he shoots this film though I I really appreciated because what it did is I don't know if you guys noticed but it made Judy seem so so small mm-hmm. in this film like it a lot did. of the angles were looking down on her like it was from the adults staring down on her and even when she was walking with them they felt so much like I literally had to go look up her age when she made this because like there is no way she was seven years old because she seemed so freaking tiny compared right. to all these people but like I think it was like the perspective of the, of the movie because I also noticed that some shots when it was from her perspective it was like the, sh- the camera was down aiming up at them and it made them feel larger than life and so I I thought he did a really good job of putting us kind of in her shoes from the moment that we get into this kind of creepy house. And it, it kind of reminds. Well, she also kind of reminded me of Matilda. Like, does yes. she look like Discount oh Mara gosh. Wilson? <laughs> she mm. does, especially with her shitty parents too. Oh my yeah. gosh, she does kind of feel like Matilda. Mm-hmm. Well, and the one the one moment that I really thought about that Terry with the way it was filmed was when she says when he goes, "What which way was it?" And she goes, "I'm." I'm just a kid. Like I'm a seven years old and like it's shot from like, it's like way up, like up in mm-hmm. the, like from the ceiling down and they look like dolls. So mm-hmm. it is really, mm-hmm. and again, when she, when she's shot with the dolls around her, she definitely feels like their size. Like she <gasps> yeah. looks like one of, she one looks of like them. one of them. <laughs> right. Well, and she's like the ribbons in her hair and the cute pigtails and like the, the nightgown. So she's already kind of in that doll like attire. So it's very interesting. That's like, there's this weird thing between she is human, obviously, but she is doll like. And it's like it, I know it's playing with that idea of childhood and like the child like childlike nature, not wanting to get rid of that innocence. But it added a very creepy layer to it. I was ready for her to start killing people with the dolls. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had that thought for a hot second. I'm like, is she going to join the Legion of Dolls? Oh, that would have been she sick. <laughs> I mean, given given the kind of like horrible people in the movie, I would not have been opposed to right, that. Though? I was like alternative movie she leads an army of killer dolls (laughs) (laughs) like she lives with those with those people and helps lead an army of dolls but what did you guys think of gabriel and and hillary i feel like we don't really see them that much in the movies that yeah like they're there in the beginning and then they're there at the end but like throughout we don't really interact with them which i thought was that weird one creepy moment where hillary is pushing oh that little stroller uh, carriage yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that was very odd i was like oh no is this some like a story about you couldn't have children so now you're turning people into dolls to have Mm. your own children 
That's I don't true. think they really gave much of that to us, but I think that's just such an, a common thing in horror that we've seen. Mm-hmm. But right. I, as soon as they went on camera, I was like, I love these people. They're awful, and I know they're going to kill people, but I also know that they have a little girl's best interest. So they gave off that vibe of being warm, but also creepy which mm-hmm. i really vibed with because <laughs> it's either like old people in big houses are usually so it's just like straight creepy like they're gonna they're awful they're terrifying but here it was a really interesting combination of caring and murderous <laughs> right i was i thought it was interesting how chill they were about all these strangers just mm. barging into their house <laughs> i was like wow they're like being really cool about this and i'm like oh it's because they want to like turn them to dolls. <laughs> kind of going off that, I did like when Hillary uh, checks in on the the two punks and they're like listening to you know rock music, and and they're like, "Is this going to bother you?" And she's like, "No, no, dear. I live on the other side of the house. You play your music basically as loud <laughs> as you want." And when she was like talking about their style, she's like, "Oh, well, I don't. I guess I don't really know modern style." Like it, she was kind about it. It wasn't that sort of patronizing old woman that you get in a lot of movies yeah. where it's like judgmental about their punkness. It was them revealing themselves to not be the great people that ultimately brought their downfall, not like this vindictive older generation looking down on the punk music of the time, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Well, and also my favorite part with the two of them is at the end where he's like, Oh, your parents left a note. Oh my God. <laughs> the way he quickly and efficiently like just sort of ties that whole thing up killed me that was so good like, the ps <laughs> yes we're like she he like leads him this this note and you know it solved that one issue and i was like well what about the two hitchhikers oh yeah ps i'm taking the two hitchhikers with me and then throws it in the fucking fireplace <laughs> so good i loved it i was like this is the best way to end this movie just like absolute nonsense just like yeah bye like we're yeah, not we're even done. gonna try to make excuses we're just like yeah this is totally bullshit and you know it but you know what mm-hmm. what are you gonna do no one's gonna believe you when you're like hey a bunch a bunch of killer dolls <laughs> took these people and made them into dolls like <laughs> nope <laughs> uh, oh I mean, what a delight what a delight it was film. a delight <laughs> and you know i mean honestly i think all we really need is just a belt with boy toy on it yes yeah. so speaking of the belt with boy toy on it do we yes. want to wrap this up and give it our rating out of five? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sure. So, Terry, how many boy toy belts out of five do you give dolls? <laughs> you know, okay, I had a lot of fun with this one. I do think that in the canon of Stuart Gordon films, it probably, for me, is maybe a little bit of a lesser one. But that said, I did love the way it really felt like a fairy tale come to life and the way that it, it sort of took the fairy tale tropes that we've you know, seen a lot in horror movies and in, in well, fairy tales themselves and sort of made it, turn it on its head and made it about the adults. And mm-hmm. I, so I think I probably, I think I would give this three and a half. I'm thinking way too much about this for a movie about <laughs> dolls. I think I would give it three and a half uh, boy toy belts and I would keep the other half for me. Maybe the part that said toy. I don't know. Uh, what about wow. you, Mary Beth? <laughs> Just the toy. <laughs> Just the toy. I mean, you can only um, have half of it left. So like, I'll keep the boy because I also give it three and a half stars. So we can have like a friendship necklace, but it's a boy toy belt. How about I that? Mean, oh, that's super cute. That's that's the best. That's that's the best. The most beautiful declaration of our friendship. It really but, is. Yeah, I did not expect 
to like this movie so much. It was so fun. <laughs> it's like gory and gross and a fairy tale and it was just like such a joy to watch and i want to show it to my friends to be like hey let's watch like a silly 80s like gory slasher-esque movie because it's well done and it's yeah. fun to watch and it's like creepy An but hour not and 17 terif- minutes oh, oh yeah, my god that real time short. is beautiful it's so good but like it doesn't try to do overdo it yes it is confusing at points but like they don't want to bog it down with lore it's just like killer mm-hmm. dolls that's it and like i appreciate that so Three and a half toy boy, boy, toy boy, boy toy, (laughs) belts out of five. So Sapphire, you have the final word. How many boy toy belts do you get this movie? I swear to God, I am not just saying 3.5 because you all did. I was in my head thinking, okay, I think 3.5. And then you both said 3.5. And I'm like, oh my God, everyone's going to think I'm just copying you. But I truly, (laughs) I truly want to give it 3.5 boy toy belts. I... I did enjoy it a lot more than I was expecting to, especially considering how tainted the experience of this movie was for me when I was a tiny, <laughs> tiny girl. Um, so I, 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 I did like, um, I really dug the stop motion scenes and the effects. Mm. I thought those were just really cool and really well done. It's, I did like that it knew what it was. Like it, mm-hmm. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. we're not. We're not a serious horror movie here. Like, we're just having fun. We're having a good time. Um, I loved Ralph. <laughs> I I did, like, it was effectively creepy at times. Um, so, yeah, 3.5. <laughs> and a big fuck you to Melody. And fuck you, Melody. God. <laughs> you, Melody, uh, you goddamn asshole. <laughs> I had texted my mom. I was like, do you remember her last name? Because I want to look this bitch up. And she cannot remember. I'm so Damn mad. It. I wanted to look her up. Call her out. <laughs> That's a sure. Like, I don't think you remember me, but you ruined my life. <laughs> uh, who but knows? Maybe she did this to a lot horror, of... But maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she did this to a lot of people. Just like that oh was the movie. God. Like, doll. Can you just imagine her going from house to house, just shoving the kids that she's watching in a room and making them like. That's so weird. Jesus what if she did that? That's some creepy. I wouldn't put it like, past her. Psycho, I mean, no, the, the, way you said, so melody. the stories you had of her, classic melody. <laughs> That's so melody. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Sapphire, for joining us to talk about dolls. Where can our listeners find you? And what do you have coming up that you can that you would like to share? Um, well, thanks for having me. This was seriously so much fun. Oh, my God. This was so um, fun. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Awkward Sapphire, spelled like those words are spelled. Um, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Sapphire Sindalo. And every other Wednesday, I put up like an animated fictional story on my channel. And then the Wednesdays in between that, I release a podcast episode where you, you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Hell yeah, and we'll make sure listeners check out the show notes because we will yep. put all that good <gasps> stuff in yes. there. Yes, yes, we will link everything there. Um, but listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. What was your experience with dolls? And did you also fear that your dolls would kill you <laughs> if you did not give them equal attention? Please we want to know. We do. Please set us up. So you can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at M.B. McAndrews. And I'm at Kaylee Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. 
Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Stay safe out there. Most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. to scratch there's a playful way you can do just that scratch with the key or acrylic nail scratch with the quill from a porcupine tail use a belt buckle from your friend lamar or scratch with your pick while you play guitar you can scratch in a bunch of different playful ways scratchers from the california lottery a little play can make your day please play responsibly must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>